I do agree with this point. Like, you're not going to be exceptional at anything you don't give a shit about to some yeah, degree. That's true. Like, yeah, you're I agree. You're not going to be great at it, and you're competing against people who care about it, and they're going to beat you. They're going to destroy you at it. But there are like, you combine all of your experience in all these commodity things to maybe find something that is like more specific to you and the array of technology and distribution that exists now gives you a better shot at that, not a guarantee. All right, welcome to another episode of No Investment Advice. We've got an NI boys here today, Jack Butcher, Trunk fan, Bilal Zaidi. Boys, it's a philosophical discussion here today. Ideas that changed our lives. This was Trunk's idea. Uh, Trunk, what was your that idea, idea in mind here? That idea changed our lives. That there idea we go. changed there we go. our lives. <laughs> Trunk, you want to tell us, uh, yeah, where this idea come from before we go into each individual question there? Uh, yeah, nothing crazy. I think uh, we got such positive feedback on that uh, the quit episode, even though it wasn't very super organized. But and in the past, we've had a lot of feedback on the single episodes. And, uh, you know, we, we like mixing it up. I think these single episodes about one topic are more evergreen anyways. People go back to them. They're better for sharing. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys saw the responses. Every time we do these, we get very positive responses, but then we never yeah. like, we never actually take that signal to be like, okay, maybe we can do more. Well, of them, I think right? the way we, uh, to me, it was the first time we did literally one topic. I think the closest we did it before was the building versus betting yeah, one. You and Jack, and then, uh, and then it was like in AMAs. I feel like we go into similar topics, but we cover many. So yeah, we're gonna try that again today. This one's there's a few more. Uh, you know, different questions that we'll go through. So we're going to go through ideas that influenced us most from the past and more recent ones and ideas that we've changed our minds on. Uh, so yeah, why don't we just kick it off with the single idea that influenced you most? Um, Trunk, do you want to go, let's go to you because uh, this was your idea. So as, I hope you got a good one. As we talked about in preamble, we, we're not just going to do one idea because uh, it's too much to do a single, but um, there's a couple... And I've actually talked about this before. I think uh, maybe wasn't that recent? It's four episodes ago. The meditation stuff, knowing that you can watch your mind, it yeah. just changed my view on the world. And for the listeners that may not remember or didn't listen to the episode, it's just like it started from the Sam Harris stuff, right? It's like you do his waking up app. Uh, Blau has done. I know in the past you've done Calm and uh, what's the other one? Uh, uh, Headspace? Headspace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also then, did it at university with my Buddhist uh, friend who was from Singapore and he taught me the, uh, what he would do every day. Mindfulness, being that's present. Class, right? man. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. amazing. At that age, being introduced to that is, is cool. Yeah, he was his name, big, big like S-Y, Shi-Ho, legend. Legend, yeah. legend. Um, yeah, it's just the idea, the being able to watch your mind. I don't know if that's an idea. I think the idea of mindfulness is the idea here. There's like, if you actually watch your mind, you'll see two things. One, you don't even control what kind of goes in there. Uh, the, the analogy I referenced in, uh, with the Sam Harris, or the one he uses often is like, just listen. Listen thoughtfully for a minute. You'll just hear random sounds. Like Bilal's probably hearing police sirens right now because <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. always got police And But here's the point. He can't stop from hearing that, right? It's not like you can hear that police siren and like you'll be, I mean, you can close your ears, but you can't stop that police siren sound from coming into your ear that first time unless you are literally wearing headphones. Sam Harris basically used an analogy for thoughts. If you actually just watch your brain, it just is going. It's just, it's doing its thing, right? And uh, understanding that your brain is kind of having these thoughts flow in and out, 
but then sometimes one of them will hit you and you'll be like, oh, and it just drags you in whichever direction, whichever emotion it attaches you to, right? I think uh, knowing that that's happening is very important uh, because it's the first step to actually like being able to manage uh, the different emotions that pop up all the time. You're kind of just watching your brain. Listen, you're allowed to get mad. You're allowed to be exuberant. You're allowed to be happy. It's not saying you can't do those things. It's like, understand that often there are triggers for those things. Like, I know what triggers me. Like, I have certain family members that if they message me something, <laughs> I will absolutely, like, it could be the just most benign off. thing. Yeah, it's just like, there's just so much built up history in it that you look at it and like immediately your blood starts boiling. Yeah, right? I know what you mean. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just understanding that, yeah, like you understand why it's happening, but also that it just it washes away. All these things just wash away. However angry I've ever been, how, however anxious I've ever been, and this isn't for everyone, right? Some people do suffer much more significant health-related uh, 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 mental issues. Uh, but for me, in, in in my past, I've noticed that the angriest I've ever been or the happiest I've been, it truly does just, it. You, you go back to the baseline, right? And I think the mindfulness was powerful for that. So I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll put that one. That's great. Well, Trung, I think one of the... I can't remember if it was in the Sam Harris Wake It Up app or one of the Headspace ones I did in the past. Um, but I think he talks about his visual of like clouds in the sky. Do you remember this one or either of you? Continue. Um, and it's just more about like the idea you said of like an an idea or a thought that comes to your mind or emotion or a feeling. And you think of that like sky and a cloud just coming past. It's not about like judging or thinking, oh my God, that cloud's about to rain on me. It's just first level is just like being aware. Oh, wow, I can actually notice that that cloud's going past me. That sounds like very um, new age Zen, but I think, I, I can't actually remember the example fully, but that's what I remember from listening to a long time ago. Well, that's why I want people to separate. I think uh, this is very important what Bilal said. There's so much entanglement and uh, there it's bundled right? it's like you Buddhism just listen is to the chris rock episode with, yeah, i see it. <laughs> there's a lot of bundling going on uh with the idea of mindfulness but you can do you can do be mindful without any of the uh you know the thousands year old tradition of buddhism or or whatever religion that might be mostly associated with it uh you can just be mindful literally the act of being mindful yeah like if you're peeling an orange, just think about peeling an orange. It, you, you'll find that it's very rare that you're actually doing that. I, I'll admit it. It's like it's very rare that I'm just doing one activity. Like I'm addicted to like you know, not everybody works out with music, but I basically do some form of that, like double tasking with everything, and it's extremely not mindful and present, right? Yeah, yeah, completely. Jack, do you, do you uh, do anything like this? Um, or, or when he talks about mindfulness. Uh, does anything come to mind for you as well? Because I know it doesn't have to be that you're meditating for 20 minutes every day, but just curious how you think about that as well. I did, the uh, um, me and Celia did uh, Transcendental Meditation. You know that one? Yeah, the Illuminati one, yeah? No, so you, is, there, is that the ringing or <laughs> no, the no, one where you say one thing over and over and over? The same mantra over minute. and over again. Yeah, yeah. 20 minute, Matt. We did the whole, we did the, like, went to the, the place in New course. York, got this. That's amazing. I got Jerry Seinfeld somewhere. does that. It's good yeah, stuff, yeah. man. It's good. It's quality stuff. It's like you definitely notice a legit difference when you when you uh, stick to it. But I don't do it with any degree of rigor anymore. If I'm like really trying to, I don't know, get in a zone or calm down or something, I might use it. But it's not part of my routine. Uh, I like Alan Watts. You guys listen to any Alan Watts? 
incredible. Absolutely so cheer. good. Like just just an amazing. He passed away, right? R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Legend. amazing thinker and speaker and uh, very good at I don't know getting you to think about reality in a different way. So that's like on a personal level, those are the two resources that I really think like really resonate with me. And I think that is important too. You know, like some will say this app is amazing or this person is amazing. And then you listen to it and you're like, doesn't hook you. Like the, whatever it is about it that doesn't resonate with you. I think sometimes maybe you can force your way to enjoying that. But for me, like the Alan Watts thing, I listened to a minute of this guy talking. I'm like, I love yeah, it. Yeah, locked in. Sign well, me Amy, up. I'm, what's, I'm a go-to, what's a go-to Alan Watts kind of take? Uh, I mean, he ha- he's, I think he's, I don't, I wouldn't even describe him as takes, I guess. I think like the interpretation, a lot of his stuff is like the reinterpretation of religion or like how the ideas that have been enshrined in all different religions are based on some like natural, like something that is naturally consistent across the human experience, right? So talk about like this principle from Zen Buddhism versus this principle from Christianity versus this principle from Judaism. Um, why these ideas have lasted such a long time, why they serve so many people. So that to me is powerful. Just, uh, like somebody that knowledgeable linking all of these things together, just interesting to me from a history and like understanding of like how people use stories to cope basically or to make sense of the world so that's i know that's not a very specific take he's also probably referenced basically every other concept or principle in these meditation apps or like schools of thought it's all just like branding of a different like yeah a different natural process right just like yeah reinterpreting ideas that have been around thousands of years and i think great communicators are able to or great communicators who have studied this stuff are able to just get you closer to this state of appreciation gratitude calmness whatever it might be as a function of them just like having such an articulate way of describing how your mind works how the world works how you interact with people um so I just think he's amazing at that. I don't know if there's any single single idea, um, but I love his stuff. And uh, I think there was another part to the original question, wasn't there? Or not? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess uh, the question was ideas that kind of changed the way you thought about stuff from the past maybe, and then one more recently, if any of those come to mind. This is, this is more personal stuff or this is anything. Yeah, I mean, it could also be personal versus work, business related. If you if you want to spill it that way, whatever. If anything comes to mind, if if you need time to think as well, I can. No, uh, no rattle I, off I mean, I think we've talked about them. We've talked about them hundreds of times on this podcast. Just the ideas yeah. of judgment at scale, like the way in which just grinding at something has one function, and then stepping back and thinking more rigorously about 
how to get to the next level, whatever that might be, you know, what got you here won't get you there. I think that with the exception, like a few pieces of writing, there wasn't like an complete aha moment for me, but just like looking back at different stages of, of my career specifically, ha there probably have been like order of magnitude leaps in understanding after like really trying to stick to something and, and uncomfortably so. One idea that I, I didn't even implement, but just the, um, just the overall premise of this, you know, um, Naval wrote about this. It's like, if you, if you like set yourself an imaginary, imaginary hourly rate. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that like, I wouldn't. Oh, that's a powerful I, idea. That's, that's a good a one. Yeah, I'm yeah. not even, I don't, I don't do it, but it's like, if you were like, even if you act on that with 5% conviction, 10% conviction, you just changes the way you think about stuff. Right. And if you're trying, like if time is the currency that you're trying to maximize, then you, that frame, every, like every time you think about how long you're spending on something and how, like how it serves, whatever it is you're trying to do in the broader sense was a very powerful idea to me. Wait, Jack, can you tease that out a from, bit? Can you tease that out? What the exact, uh, so like a, say for example, a lawyer, a, a consultant makes $200 an hour, like a, a brand yeah. new. Okay. So what you're saying is you're assigning yourself a dollar value. It's like, I'm pretending as if I'm worth $5,000 an hour and that's how I will conduct my life. Something like that. Right. Yeah. Like I think the most practical examples is like, there's a lawn mowing company here that will mow my lawn for 50 bucks. Right. Or I can go out and buy a lawnmower and it'll pay for itself technically in four mowings, right? But I'm gonna do a shit job and it's gonna take me half a day. I'm gonna get sunburned. I'm gonna like yeah. run over the wire at some point. You sunburned know? Jack, this is hilarious. Sunburned sun Jack. It's like, this is, this, is, uh, this is going back to like Adam Smith, like exchange of value. You do this what you're good at. This is why we do these podcasts. We yeah. need the Adam Smith reference. Yeah, so we, we go. need to yeah. get back. This is go, why. Yeah, go. I love it. If you go make on, your money, if you make your money from shit posting on Twitter, let's say, don't be spending half a day's time like painting your house. Unless it's something that you're like specifically wanting to do as yeah, a you like, enjoy activity. It as like a craft or as a hobby or whatever. Yeah. And, and this is like, this is such a controversial subject for that matter, because it's like, oh, you're just gonna, you know, you're not gonna do anything for yourself. But yeah, the idea that somebody else is better at that than you, and the exchange of value that happens as a function of you, like saying, you're good at it, you do it. I'm good at what I do. I'm going to do that. That idea, especially like for people that did not grow up around that idea, right? Most, a lot of people never encounter that idea. It's like the hourly rate is how you think of what you're worth. And in so many cases, that's like such a poor proxy for the value you create. So it's so, it has a function. And I think for so many people, if if you the trade-off for that is worth it you know like 
if I know I'm going to make X amount this month and I'm, you know, this is the thing I have to show up and do every day, it does feel to me though, like we're uncoupling from that more broadly as a, as well, a, a, a economy, it, as a society, salary as is everything. Addition. We always talk about a sugar, heroin, and salary. It's like yeah. that, that uh, comfort, that, that quote unquote safety in your brain is making you accept to your point, this lower, much lower hourly wage than A, what you produce, uh, of the value you actually create and the value you could create. I love this. this yeah, and, a... and, the, and like, I also had this massive respect after I left my agency job for all the work that went into building up those companies. Like you can be, or I, I'll talk about myself, not generalize here. Like, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm fucking making the most i'm doing something so valuable here i'm just going to go out and do this by myself this is a piece yeah, of yeah. piss right i'm just going to start my own business and then you realize and, the other parts that you had missing or whatever. Oh, man, there's, there's like hundreds of thousands millions of hours of work that went into building that name making those relationships having you tapped into that network and then paying you 20 percent, let's say whatever of like or they make a margin on paying you, right? Like they're not gonna pay you just for the crack. Yeah, yeah. Like they're making yeah. money on you being there, right? Yeah, I remember when the and New York that, Times had this thing, this came up as well. Uh, there was a New York Times article and Jack went off. That's why I put it up. <laughs> See that reaction. Jack was like, do you understand how businesses work? But God, yeah. Yeah, sorry, go yeah, for like it. Yeah, that, that's like the, the, the most classic labor trade-off or the most classic le value trade-off in the world, right? It's like, and in countries, in certain countries, there's like a bunch more protection on that than there is in the States. It's like, you're going to have three, this is the arrangement we have. And if the arrangement changes, I have to give you three months notice. That's completely different life mentality, safety net, mental model for how the world functions. Right? It's like, I know how much money I'm going to get make next month. So I know how much I can afford to spend on this. It's, it's just different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a good one. The the um, well, I will say I think we've discussed this before, but I will say the flip side is that to f to actually have a the humility to figure that right number out, especially when you're starting up, because the flip side is you're someone who's just like finishing school and you think you know. I'm just using an example. I'm not saying everyone finishing school, but you think you you're worth more than you are essentially. And you're like, well, I've got a 10K an hour rate. That's how much I value myself. And then you go into the market and it humbles you because they're like, the well, I'm not willing to- you. Yeah, there is The market no tells you your rate. <laughs> yeah. and, that, yeah. and that is another thing. It's like, there's proxies where you say, well, have I ever been paid this amount before? And Or if I offer someone a service for X amount of time or money, will they pay me for this? And that is an actual market rate of what you're being paid. Yeah. Now, if you're trying to build a company and that makes X amount way more uh, than that amount, then that's a different kind of equation. But I think there's a, the other side where someone could be like, oh, I'm not gonna make a, I'm not gonna like make a salad for lunch today because like I see this on like TikTok, these like influencer business dudes, they're like, <laughs> only go to Chipotle because you get, because you're gonna pay $12 versus and, and like three minutes and you can eat your food in five minutes and that uh, effective rate is X amount for me and that's worth way more. And now. That's the other side of like, okay, that might be going a little bit too far. Like sometimes that makes sense. Like you're saving time, you're busy. You actually are spending that time doing valuable work, generating way more than the Chipotle bowl. 
which is quite hard nowadays because that shit got expensive, bro. I yeah, went there yeah, the other yeah. day, paid twenty four dollars for a fucking bowl, man. You're, that was you're weird. a Chipotle Ray. You're like a star lawyer at this yeah, point, yeah, man. Yeah, like, exactly. We're a legal partner yeah. at Sullivan and Cromwell. If yeah, you're exactly. That. Uh, this is like a lot of that stuff is like caricature stuff, yeah. right? It's like people who say that stuff, they're not doing it. But one thing I will say about that kind of behavior, it's like when you're in a period of time where you're trying to like break through or do something specific or like make a, make a significant transition, it's like there are periods of intensity where stuff like that makes a ton of sense. And then that the enjoyment you get from making your own food becomes like a completely different it's like a, it's not even a calculation. It's not you're yeah. trying to save time. You're just enjoying it, right? And exactly. That, that it comes to me back is... to Trung's point as well, the mindfulness part. Like you can actually enjoy that process of like cooking it and being there versus like, oh, this is a factory of my life where I need to like insert food into the into my mouth. You know what I mean? Boys, it's like I feel yeah. like this is going to be one of those like we need to ban podcast episodes. Us yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when to eat lunch three three guys what happens with three well here okay, let's, summarize it. let's put this in let's summarize uh jack's point i want to make it very tangible and it is from uh, the the novel idea is assign yourself a number that uh, even if it's aspirational say say it's a thousand dollars an hour right uh what that actually does those two things is it, it makes you find out quickly it's a market will bear that number yeah yeah and the second thing though is it well Second thing is it's aspirational. The third thing is this: it lets you say no to a ton of stuff, like yeah. uh, especially as you're building and, and you get the, the uh, higher up you in your career, people will start throwing stuff at you. Like well, this is what I definitely remember: you're so desperate early in your career, you're emailing, you're cold emailing like a hundred people, right? No one responds. You you do a little bit more, you get a little bit better in your career. Um, or in our case, I know we have the lens of audience building, but you know, you get a bigger audience, people start throwing you ideas. It's like, okay, well, here's an easy filter. And I've actually started using this more recently. It's like, I just use that filter. I'm like, okay, this is my aspirational number. If this doesn't reach this number, I'm just not going to do it. Even, I mean, I'll, sometimes I'll tell my wife, like, what's well, being offered and what I'll turn down. My wife's like, who are you? No. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Right? You gotta tell us what you turned down, mate. No, it's not that, but it's just like, having that conversation is pretty no, funny. No, I get you. It. But, no, um, no, I completely agree. I, and I, I mean, I made a joke about Jack all the time. Like, Jack will spend, I'll be pinging him in the morning and be like, hey, Jack, could you make this thumbnail? Or like, are you going to be around for this thumbnail for our podcast, right? Which is like, he's in the middle of looking after his brand new baby and the number one NFT project in the world, right? Like, the, the hourly rate to do the thumbnail, we would not be able to afford you <laughs> to do it, right? I know that. Uh, but I'm also like, I know he also enjoys doing it and it's part of our little fun project. So you have chosen in your head like oh i enjoy messing around and that's something i've always kind of respected is like the 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 kind of barbell of that work is like um. one side i'm going to do something that's so high leverage that takes over open sea and creates a cultural movement within nfts but i still got time to hang with the boys and mess around on photoshop or figma or whatever Matt, you know and and i think the like the money thing is like the easiest thing for people to conceptualize but so much of it is just about like energy and what you enjoy too because that like i don't want to i guess mislead anyone by saying like it can always be about that because there are just times where it's like you have to force yourself to do something that is is 
not what you want to be doing in that moment, right? To build any skill, like I think people go through periods of frustration and being in an environment where like you have stuff imposed upon you or at you is really helpful for that too. Like being in an agency environment where it's like, you have to come up with something compelling and stand in front of a room full of people tomorrow and tell them what it is. If you didn't have that like external constraint, I feel like for me, at least at the beginning of my career, that was so helpful to me. And now I'm not really evaluating stuff based on like direct <laughs> monetary opportunities. Like, yeah. do I want to spend time doing this an hour a week, two hours a week? Because it doesn't- exactly. It's not, it's not even about the hour, right? It's like if you wake up one day and you've got some call on your calendar at three o'clock that you don't want to do, right. just like your it's in the back days, of your mind. Yeah. In the back of your mind going, why did I say yes to this? I don't want to let this person down. Like I maybe I got excited in the moment, but I didn't really think it through. And that just takes so long to get out of that yeah. behavior, especially when you're coming from this place of like trying to, get, trying to get opportunity, right? Like I shouldn't say no to anything. I think this is Branson or somebody else. It's like, say yes to like say yes and then figure it out right if you're in a situation where you don't have stuff flying at you this is another Navalism is like the the pendulum eventually swings we have a hundred times more opportunity than you can say yes to so it all becomes about judgment and i think that's that is true on the money making component it's like there are some opportunities that will yield a better return than others but it's also if this thing is gonna take up even you know ten percent of your brain power or your you know your subconscious, the stuff that you could be using to work on things that you care about, those trade-offs are obviously there's no rule for calculating that. But but I think money, energy, there's like some turning point there where it's like once you once you're in a position where money is not the thing that you're primarily after you can take care of your responsibilities then it's like okay what's fun what's interesting and then as we all know you have a much higher likelihood of succeeding at shit that like you jump out of bed wanting to do uh than you know the things that are just uh yeah just you're responsible for right I, yeah there was this thing in the agency world like you know mrr Monthly recurring revenue. Yeah. So a friend of mine, we always used to have this this joke, monthly recurring responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's what true. Michael Scott would say. <laughs> monthly recurring revenue, more like a monthly recurring responsibility. Yeah. 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 And that's like that's just like a terrible admission of like, you know, if you're in the if you're in the world in the service business world. And some people's personalities are cut out this way, right? Where it's like, that fires you up or that like keeps you accountable, things of that nature. But other people, doesn't work that way. So it's yeah. like all these experiences is help you figure that out. Well, I think Jack, you you both kind of touched on ideas that I had written down and I'll try to add a new one in a second. But like the ones I had written down here that genuinely kind of like really made a big difference in my life, like the mindfulness stuff, 100%. Um, but also like the energy part, like specifically as it relates to work is what you just said there. And you, you said something about money and energy and, and if like the idea of like money is basically stored energy, like you've, you worked like, you know, energy, you spent energy on something, they paid you for that amount of time and energy. 
uh, or the energy that you created, the value you created. Um, and then on the flip side, like when you are hiring people, like you're going to pay someone with money, that is their energy, their workload, essentially. That 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 kind of idea was kind of flipped something for me. Um, but more importantly, it was when I, once I had established myself enough that I could start to, you know, that pendulum, like you said, uh, swings. That's when I was like, okay, I don't want to do work anymore that I just hate doing, right? That's like, and it's again, it sounds very Charlie Munger frameworky, but it's actually a useful concept. The idea of like anti goals, and it's like a lot of people think about, oh yeah, this is what I want to do in my life, but it's actually very difficult to know what you want sometimes. But it's it's much easier to know the things you hate doing and you don't want to do. So that similarly ties in with the energy point. So what I've been doing for the last like four years is 100% optimized towards energy. Like I. What is it that want... you hate? What is the one you hate the most? Well, like this literally came up this morning. I got her message and hopefully he doesn't listen to this, but if he does, like I'm referencing <laughs> you. <laughs> but no, it's not like anything personal, but you know, you just get a message from someone be like, hey, can we jump on a call? And I have this thing with like, like you just said, I don't want to jump on a call unless I need to be on a call, right? Like, and it's not, it's not like my client or something. This is like, a potential mm. client who I spoke oh, to yeah, three yeah, years yeah. ago. I was kind of doing a favor to my friend who invested in the company. And they're like, oh, can you speak to them? They don't know much about marketing. Yeah. And I was like, all right, yeah, I spoke to him. And I looked at my notes and it was from three years ago. And it said something like, oh, like not the right fit for my like agency, basically, right? So I was like, all right, cool. But I can have a nice chat with an entrepreneur, do this call. But then he just, three years later, sends a note being like, hey, can we get on a call? I'm like, what? Like, there's no context. Like, why? This requires a call in the first place. It's not like, hey, we're looking for a marketing agency. Would you guys like to help us or something like that? So then I just sent back a few clarifying questions to be like, oh, are you looking for this? That's what we offer. Secondly, this is a minimum of how much we charge, basically, pretty straight up, up front. And like essentially saying, if this isn't within you know your range, like, like there's no point us jumping on a call. And that, that to some people, that's kind of like rude. But I mean, I said it in a fairly nice way. But that's actually, I'm respecting his time as much as my own. And, but that idea of like, like four years ago, I would have said, oh, I'm just going to jump on a call. Like maybe something will come out of it. And all that would have happened is I would have blocked out a part of my day, which meant all the other tasks I was trying to do or going to the gym or going for a walk or doing whatever else I wanted to do, didn't get done. And now my day was like worse because of a 20 minute call. And, and that for a lot of people is not, the right thing to do but for me it is and so yeah. um good jack you got a thought there gone no i was just agreeing with you i think the, yeah, yeah like it it's mental how much that can real like drain completely the, the time that you're not even spending on the thing because i'm it just I, my in loop in my head is like why did i agree to this why did yeah, I? Agree yeah to yeah this? yeah yeah it's like the self-talk you're like yeah, pissed yeah, off yeah, with yeah. yourself yeah for sure 100 and, and like, oh, can I show you a demo of this thing? Or can like, and some people will be relentless on it, just like, uh, like really, really not give up. And in some cases, that like, I've given in on that eventually. I'm probably like setting myself up here, but like sometimes <laughs> you get enough compelling communication We're that you're like, all right, here. yeah, <laughs> all right. No, you know what? I, 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 Jasper, I'm such a good point. There's like a level where. I respect, listen, I respect relentlessness. I've, I've been on that side too, and I still am on that side in many ways for certain things. But also, listen, it's a two-way street. This is not necessarily an idea, but people that are doing this understand this. I can also say no. And 
you should not be offended if I say no, right? It's, yeah, of course. Especially, and uh, this is just something I'm probably want to bring it up because, I mean, this is corny, but fatherhood and being a parent, obviously, just changes. And it, that, the reason I didn't bring that up is, is the idea. It's not necessarily an idea. It's just your entire perspective. Everything completely changes. But yeah, I my framing of almost everything now is like, listen, here's a pie I have. Like, 80% of the pie is for my family. This is my time pie. 10% of my time pie is to be an absolute idiot on the internet, okay? And that means there's 10%, 10% of you... my time pie. I was going to yeah. say, I was going to ask, that 10% sounds okay. very low. The number, guys, you know what I'm saying. Call it, we'll call it 60, 30, 10, okay? How about that? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, 60, yeah. 30, 10. 60 is uh, this fucking people, right on the internet. Yeah, yeah. No, 30, 30. So what, people, <laughs> what people have to understand is this. You're fighting, I don't even fight, you're asking for the last 10%. So I'm trying to fit in White Lotus Season 2. Oh yeah, I'm trying to fit in LeBron and New uh, Jokic highlights. I'm trying to fit in like uh, eating out with uh, friends or meeting up with somebody. What? But you cut off, drug. You cut off. You're right in a great 10%. point. But uh, I'm sorry, man. Like that bar is like ten percent. Uh, nothing personal. Let's say it's nothing personal. No, no, you're right. No, and and just to finish what I was saying on the energy thing too. It's very similar for me on the energy thing because basically what happens to me is. Uh, well, actually, I, I, when I was at Google, there was actually the one of the most, there's like two courses that are the most oversubscribed. There's like a waiting list for like over a year because it's so helpful. They sound like 0% interest rate, uh, you know, phenomenons or whatever. But it's basically a mindfulness course at Google. And it was it was called Managing Your Energy, I think they called it. But it's oh, essentially yeah. a mindfulness course. And it's like, I think like three days or something like that. And you're with a group and you'll just see, I don't know, Jack, if you ever saw this, but on the high line in Chelsea, you'll just see a bunch of Google nerds doing these high, those slow walks across the high line because they're like trying to do a mindful <laughs> walk. And I'm like, I'd see out the window and I'd be like, what are these idiots doing? And then I did it and I was like, oh, I get it. I get what they were doing. And it's like this intensive, like it's a, it's a course that someone externally comes in and teaches. And it was actually honestly really, really amazing. Like, and I actually really respect that Google allowed us to do that for three days because they were really investing in like the people, not just for their immediate jobs. Right, right. And, um, and it was all about understanding that concept of like how you manage your energy from the tactical stuff, looking at your calendar and seeing what things actually give you energy, but also like people and tasks. Like if there's certain people that are just, you know, that, that draining energy and we all have those like friends we might have had from home or honestly family members for a lot of people. And, you, you know, obviously, like, family members, maybe you're not going to never speak to that person again, but there might be ways, like Trunk said earlier, that you can manage that a little bit better. Or you call them at the time where you're ready for that. You're not calling. Like, I've done this in the past where I called, you know, a family member, like, before doing a podcast, and it just threw me off completely. And I was, like, not in the right frame of mind to do the <laughs> podcast after, because I was like, man, this is... You know, it's like, like, it's like eating a burrito. Yeah, yeah. It's like eating a giant burrito before the yeah, podcast, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like, this will ruin the next half. It's like having, like, getting a six-piece uh, a bucket from KFC before a podcast. That's the awful just idea, right? drop off that energy. Yeah, and honestly, obviously, it's not always like that, but sometimes it's just, like, controlling what you can control. And, like, so that, that thing definitely has made a massive difference to me as well. And I think if people are in a position to be able to do that, I think everyone is in some sort of position. But if you've got like responsibilities in a job, you can still do it on a different scale. Like you're looking at the stuff you're doing in your job and your your family life. And a lot of the time you're realizing you're oversubscribing. You're saying yes to too many things. 
your friends are calling you out for something. Another thing is like, let's say we've talked about this before, like drinking, right? Like that is one of those things like eating and drinking. So if you eat a bucket of KFC, your energy level is going to drop off, right? Like you're going to have that crash. If you drink one night, the next day, you're not going to have the same energy. So it's it just kind of reframes the way you think about like the, all the things you're doing that you're investing your time and energy into. Um, so that was my one that was work related. I'll just bring up one more if we if you guys are all right to move on from this. You that was it, a more recent it. one. And this came from, I mean, have you guys heard of Ralph Potts? He's got his book, Vagabonding. Have you heard of it before? He's been Don't on Tim so. Ferriss a oh. bunch of times. So again, very philosophical dude. Seems like the most amazing guy. Uh, but might be a little out there for some people. So if you listen to him, it's not your cup of tea. I get it. Um, and it's actually the only book, I think there's two books or something that Tim Ferriss traveled when he was doing his original like four-hour work week long-term travel. And this was one of the books. And he was on his podcast recently. And uh, this kind of really resonated with me. He said, walk until the day becomes interesting. And that idea was like, kind of really hit me one because i was literally walking while with while i heard it um and it was it was not necessarily just about literally walking it's more about the idea and i've read that whole book and it's kind of a good summary of what that really means it's more about philosophically like going taking action moving in a certain direction and seeing what appears sort of thing and i like it physically too like literally walking like if you're in a new place or you're in your own area like just go for a walk and maybe take your airpods out for this one and just like observe do the stuff trung talked about earlier like actually like take a look around and like i remember i did this like one month solo travel trip um when i read this book and i came back i went to like southeast asia and you know i don't know if you guys have done solo travel but you just get so used to saying hello to everyone because you're trying to like meet people right and i remember coming back to New York and I walked on like McDougal Street in Greenwich Village like five minutes from where I lived and I remember walking past and being like I can't believe I've never noticed this bar here and they play live music every single day and I started speaking to the bouncer outside I'm like how long have you guys been here he's like 27 years and I'm like oh my god I've like literally never noticed this person and so oh this this place and that that idea is just like it comes back to the idea of like what actually it's basically like a, a life worth living to me. It's like when you get to another phase in your life, it becomes less so about achievements um, and it becomes more about like appreciation. And that is like kind of a bit of a switch. Uh, and I'll just read this out because he, he said this on the podcast and I had it saved in my snipped and I looked at the uh, transcript this morning so I could pull it out. He was talking about the culture of America. So he said, America is a very first half of life sort of place. First half, you create the vessel. Second half, you fill it up. I thought that was like quite an interesting idea. And uh, and the idea of like achievement versus appreciation, outcome versus awe, uh, building a life you want versus living the life you've built. And again, that might be like cheesy to someone, but like, I think it's actually quite a profound idea. And this is not to shit on America because I live here and love it. But the, on average, the idea, if you compare America to Europe, right? like you create the vessel this is here you come in here you make your money right you you create in the foundation for your life and if you told me in the second half of your life you go and enjoy yourself and live in europe let's say i completely get it because if you go to italy or greece or any of these places those guys might be making 18k a year but they're living the best lives man they're, they're sitting there with their boys 
having espresso, sitting outside, they're playing games, they're just talking, they're watching sports, they're just they eat, they're cooking for three hours. And obviously I'm like oversimplifying here, but that idea really kind of sat with me because I, I do actually love the idea of walking. You guys know that. Like I literally went for a three hour walk yesterday and it's like that idea of going out, walking, being aware, finding things that are interesting, that is like to me a cheat code for actually living a life worth living because you're finding the interesting stuff in the mundane. You're not having to go to this crazy, I'm at the Super Bowl party. I'm like, I walked in the park and I've noticed the way the tree was looking and I was like, man, that shit is fire. It made me think of like, like you know, how insignificant I was at that moment. And so that's the sort of stuff that makes me actually feel grounded and uh, appreciate stuff every day. So again, might be too, you know, uh, out there for some people, but I, I think that was one that uh, really stuck with me, man. No, that's respect, dude. Not too out there. Not too out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Did so? Did both of you give two? Uh, Trung, did you have one more? Because I think Jack was giving a. Uh, I don't I know if you had one more. Like more yeah. recent. Uh, yeah, go for it. I mean, this one's not new, but I've been thinking about a lot more. Is this the idea of a, you know the spotlight effect, where you think people are judging you way oh, yeah. more and thinking about you way <laughs> yeah. more than they actually are. Oh, that's it's a great like, one. Yeah. You know, th this is really tied to mindfulness too. Though it's like. Think about how chaotic just watching your mind is. That's like everybody has that going on in their own lives, right? And like they literally don't care. Like it's people do not care. Uh, and if they do care, it's for a split second about, you know, what you might seem embarrassing or you think you flawed that you think you're being judged. The reason why, listen, they might care for a second. The reason why they really don't care is because they got way, they got their own shit to worry about, right? That's true. But, yeah. And, you know, like, when I, I mean, this is how I made quite a bit. Like I'll eat a, I'll eat a nice Indian restaurant and Trunks and gets some stains on his clothes quite easily. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you walk around, you got a nice curry stain on your, 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 like, uh, your shirt. You're thinking everyone's going to That's why you need to do Jack's right? topless curry. You just wipe it straight <laughs> off, mate. You know? <laughs> That's facts. No, but I so, mean, like, it's like you walk around thinking everybody's going to notice that. No one, no one's noticing. No one fucking cares. Right? And that's like, that's the spotlight effect. It's like, we just way over how much we think people care because we think that they're thinking with our context and our point of view in the sense of, oh, this person has Trunk's brain, so he cares what Trunk is looking like right now, right? But they don't. Uh, and that's, that's doubly powerful when you're just trying to be an idiot on the internet every percent of your life, right? Because you're being judged in every second or you think you're being judged because you're getting these quick hinder replies in your tweets. But nobody cares. So that was one I've been thinking about a lot. That's more. a good one. Yeah, like I didn't know it was cool spotlight effect, but that's a really uh, perfect way of putting it. Definitely. Um, Jack, anything else before we move on to that last question? No, we could go for a long time on this, boys. Let's split it into another app. Let's yeah. Do the okay. Last question. Cool. We'll save it then. All right. Last question is: What have you changed? Uh, what have you most changed your mind on? It's quite an interesting one. We can kind of tie it in with like contrarian ideas. That you might believe that others don't, if if that comes we can to mind say, as well. Let's, let's take this one to just what you've All right, right, let's, let's do the yeah. change. What you've changed your mind on? Let's start with that. Go on. Uh, no, so you blow. We're hitting you first. All right, I will again, and and the definitive answer to like most. I don't know if that's accurate here, but I'll just say one uh, one that come to one mind. That's top of mind, yeah. Yeah. So chasing your passion as career advice is bad. Is a bad idea for most people. And the two key words there is career advice and most people, because for some people it was great, 
Um, but for, I think for a lot of people, maybe we've talked about this on the pod before. I think Jack might have talked about it. Um, I'm all for it. Obviously, you know, my podcast, Creator Lab, is all about finding what people love and like unpacking that, right? And whether that's a business or something else. And I'm most passionate about people finding those things. But I think the key here is like, when you try to make that the sole thing you make money from, I think for a lot of people, it they hit a brick wall. And then you kind of end up hating that stuff as well, which is terrible because you kind of like lose both of them. Um, and uh, a lot, you know, there's the idea of like the starving artist, for example, for a long time, we've we've talked about that. And I, I have friends like this that the, one of my friends recently, he's, he was uh, left his corporate job and he was telling me how he was like struggling now with money. And, and, and I get it. Like sometimes you do need to go all in on that passion, but I'm also a fan of like the more practical approach which is maybe you don't go from full-time to zero maybe you do half a job you become a freelancer or you you find another way to support yourself or you're happy uh with earning less and maybe that means you move to a smaller place or whatever like i'm all for that but like you need to kind of have like when you're in a position where you don't earn the same money anymore like it's very difficult to go back down um and i think that people underestimate how much the passion part will bring happiness and on the flip side the negative emotion attached to you know money insecurity and you know feeling like a failure and all that sort of stuff um so that's probably the one i'd go on like i'd say like 10 years ago i was like go everyone should just follow their passion and build a business around it like i don't know if that's the best thing for everyone uh so that's kind of where i'd leave it at that yeah what about you guys or any thoughts on that one I'll go for Tron. Yep. Yeah, I think the... I don't know. I'll respond to the, what you said, Bilal. I think that idea is flawed in the way it's presented because you... It assumes that your passion is just, like, instilled in you. Mm, and all yeah. you have to do is, like... Press a button. Start working on it. It's like this, yeah. that's just complete bollocks. Like it doesn't work yeah. that way, right? It's like yeah. <laughs> you find what you're passionate about through doing loads of stuff that you're not passionate about, being exposed. And I think some people oh, maybe definitely. you have the like this is the survivorship bias, you know, the plane diagram coming back from World War Two, right? Where it's like the documentary about Jay Z where he's playing with a record player when he's eighteen months old, right? Yeah, he was always going to be a musician. He was always singing and writing, and he's like, like a genius as a kid. Those like tall tales of like destiny. They're also architected that way, right? It's like the the way the story is told is like through the lens of what this person became. We're going to tie together all these other things in the rearview mirror to make that true. And I think it's the these these are cliches because they're true i think it's a steve jobs quote it's like you can only connect the dots looking backwards and so much of conventional thinking is like wrong because people assume that the answer is gonna present itself without the continued gathering of feedback we talked about this a couple weeks ago where the 5,000 iterations of the vacuum. If you ask people what happened or how they would envision the Dyson vacuum being invented, it would look like a rocky collage, right? The guy just wakes up and he's like, genius, 
whiteboard sketch <laughs> with the music sends playing. out the thing yeah, yeah yeah it comes in a package and he's like i'm a billionaire now i'm just gonna start sending these out right <laughs> not to say that that wasn't something that he was interested in for decades and decades and decades but the i do agree with this point like you're not going to be exceptional at anything you don't give a shit about to some yeah, degree that's true like, yeah you're I agree not going to be great at it and you're competing against people who care about it and they're going to beat you they're going to destroy you at it but there are like you combine all of your experience in all these commodity things to maybe find something that is like more specific to you and the array of technology and distribution that exists now gives you a better shot at that not a guarantee right but yeah it throughout history like you know trung's career for example it's like 20 years ago it would be like yeah you ain't, you're living oh, in your no. parents basement doing what he's doing right <laughs> yeah, his mom's yeah. bringing down the hot dogs like trung <laughs> yeah, come yeah, on yeah, yeah. get out of here I mean, go go to law school go be a doctor but now yeah, he's like yeah. one of the biggest names in uh business news <laughs> in the world yeah, business news. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Lowercase yeah, J journalist. But it's a combination of the, like, and I'm speaking for Trung here, but I could do the Jay-Z thing with Trung, right? I could say, moved to Thailand, was a degenerate, and met a bunch of interesting characters, and got exposure to all, like, oh the, yeah, the depths of humanity, and then worked at a bank, and then did this. <laughs> depths of right? humanity. Is that is no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Vietnam is in Thailand, but that's correct. Oh, sorry, sorry. Of yeah. Brits. They all combine. Backpack. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. The the British thing is Thailand. So I'm I'm over indexed on that. But um, yeah, it can you can always tell it backwards, but everyone assumes it's going to happen forwards. That's exactly the story I tell every time. I was like, you nailed it. It's some version of that. So like, oh, everything I do now is uh, old tracks back to when I was living in Asia. That's like, come on, dude. No, no. Yeah. It's, it more, just... it's like complete, ra I think there's a Taleb on that as well, fooled by randomness, right? It's like everybody's like, oh, this was a destined path. And it's just like, the world is complete, absolute chaos, like absolute, <laughs> fully chaos. Yeah, yeah. And you can like, there's like percentages and fractions of control you can take along the way. Yeah. For decisions like meeting your partner, for example. Like me and your oh, life partner. That's the a great decision that, example. The yeah. most important decision you will ever make for 90% of people. There's no thought or do like, you know, when you do due diligence on like buying a house or you do due diligence on, you know, anything that is of note, that's not happening for a lot of people. Or just like if you took, you took a left turn. That's what I'm night, saying below. Yeah. Met, yeah. You met. You didn't go to that bar that night and you didn't meet your whoever became your missus or you didn't take that job that you met at work or whatever like that happened with me where i was like i wasn't supposed to be on a work trip that i ended up being on when i met my missus and that was just like again in hindsight like oh it was meant to be like we were supposed to meet that yeah. way or whatever but and maybe maybe that's another side but of even it like the way if you, you tell believe it. in that yeah but even the way you tell it is like i wasn't supposed to be it's like by what by what yeah, metric were you that's not true. supposed to be there, right? <laughs> well, what I mean is I was going on a, on a trip for a client that basically wasn't mine and the person ended up not being able to go and because of so that, I was like, oh, let me go. There, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, we could butterfly affect this thing for ages, <laughs> that's man. That's true, that's true. Man, this podcast is just, just 
spiraling into existential. Jack's not having it. Jack, hit us with what you change oh, your mind on so we can bring it back. Bring I it love back. It. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, no, no, I'm joking. Uh, what have I changed my mind on? I had one until we started talking about all this stuff. <laughs> all right, um, I'll, I'll hit it quickly. You go, well, and I'll try and bring it back. Yeah, yeah, go. Uh, this one, I think, uh, I feel like with a, kind of a techish listening crowd, I feel like a lot of people went through this cycle I went through. Uh, I was really against organized religion uh, in the early 2000s because I read Christopher Hitchens and Richard Hutkins. And, and yeah. I've, I've talked about Rich, Christopher Hitchens is still one of my favorite authors. He passed away in 2011. And uh, I mean, they're doing a couple of things, right? They're going after religion. Uh, Sam Harris is part of this group. Uh, they were called the Four Horsemen. Uh, Daniel Dennett was the fourth one. And, you know, they were talking about, at the, it began uh, uh, with Islam after 9-11, and then it got into Christianity, obviously, and it touched on all the other major religions. And the, 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 the at the time, you felt so smart because it was such an intellectual conversation, right, where you get a guy like Sam Harris or Christopher Hitchens going up against a priest or a rabbi, and yeah, giving you just, those talking points yeah, for this. And they're just dissecting, they're dissecting like the quote unquote logic of this other Prove individual, it, right? Yeah. Prove yeah, it. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, the flying spaghetti monster, right? That that's the joke they always had. It's like, what if there's a flying spaghetti monster in space and uh, I just said, Oh, oh wow, that's when you got that's and, just wank. You know, you feel yeah, that's really a weird smart ass reading argument, it. Right? That's a, yeah. yeah, it's weird, right? So you you feel really smart, uh getting kind of wrapped up in that whole movement and uh and, and discounting listen we're not gonna do a whole that's a whole other can of worms uh, doctor we could do a whole episode of religion for sure but it's just the idea of like okay yes a lot of religion if you're doing the logic lens is quite illogical in now in the year 2023 but then you have to step back and go 50,000 foot this is what changed for me a lot of it isn't just about logic, obviously, right? And uh, and as organizing principle, I'm much more sympathetic to the value of religion, especially with how uh, kind of fractured society is now. Uh, I'm I'm not saying myself I've changed in my religiosity. I just have a different view on yeah. that from when I was like super. Oh yeah, come on, Christopher, you're crushing. You know, you remember it's yeah, like a yeah, sport, yeah. right? Yeah, like, you're yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's the thing I definitely I, I have noticed significantly my mind change on it. Yeah, and I just want to make it clear. Like, I yeah, so Jack, right? I mean, you got Blau, Jack, did you ever go through that where you're like you're watching Hitchens bury someone and you're just like cheering? And then afterwards just like, ah, oh. it's like ten years later, like, you know what? Like, yeah, he did on a logical basis, on a rhetorical basis, bury this person. But if you actually oh, real quick, go before, 50, you, foot. before us, we give our thing, I just want to ask Strong, did you grow up religious by any chance or not? Because no, in your family, your family weren't no, like my, no, anything. My, my family was. Like my mom, oh, they were. My mom's Buddhist. Uh, Got it. But I, it, it was never. Your dad, your was dad wasn't really that religious? Past- he wasn't super religious. My mom, my mom was much more Buddhist. Uh, got it, got uh, it. Right, that's just interesting context because I'll share mine in a second. But yeah, Jack, what, um, what about you, mate? I was going to share a quote. You know, Werner Heisenberg is. Oh, you you, no. you brought him a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, so, I so love this, the Jack this is, random pause. These are always so good. Go this is a great quote. It said, the first gulp from the glass of natural sciences will turn you into an atheist. 
But at the bo bottom of the glass, God is waiting for you. Ooh, jeez, look Wait, at that. Yo, did Joe Biden say that? that? Yeah. Oh <laughs> Sorry. my God. Bro, that is absolutely That is incredible. Brave. You want to know good. what? Yeah. Okay, let me tie two things here. We're, and this is, you know, the listeners that have had to walk on this windy road with us on this episode, you're going to get something out of this. So two things I'll add here. The pathless uh, path. It has to do. Remember. It has to do. Yeah, Paul. I know Paul. I know uh, our friend listens to this, so thank you for giving, having the title of the book. I'll add this: the watching Hitchens and Sam Harris, quote unquote, dismantle people in the early two thousands around a religion, a topic. It also has to do with the idea is like, oh, we're so logical, right? If you just apply logic to something, you solve it. I'll tell you what. What this truly broke my brain, and I feel like it did for a lot of listeners, and maybe you guys too. When Trump got elected. It actually broke my brain. Uh, and it had to do with, I was so convinced in my logic and my view of the world that I'm like, okay, it's impossible. Logically impossible if you look at his odds of winning and like the U.S. election. I just convinced myself that I had this kind of map set out. And I, this is not shocking. I, don't, I know for a fact I'm not the only person. I feel like the majority of people listening to this probably had something break when Trump won because of their version of it was built around logic. Because I literally looked at the electoral map. I'm like, oh, watch, that's impossible. There's just no way you can break through, right? Like you, you're applying that lens. And ever since then, and it has to do kind of surgery, I'm applying just a lot more credence to not just straight logical things. Because first of all, <laughs> your logic can lead you. I mean, you can run the logic train and it'll just run you right down off the cliff, right? So I, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on uh what did the Trump thing like? I don't not Thomas politics, but him winning was such a rebuke to existing reality that in our a lot of circles, and he didn't even think he was going to win, right? So, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to go down that path. That's something I'm yeah, throwing out. It's a long one, but I think it is like the the maybe chaos is not the right word, but the the internet becoming more of a like bottom up disseminator of information made the world feel way more chaotic and that is like a very noteworthy by by historic measures like barometer of how predictable the world is or like who is in control of the world whatever right and that that's in recent memory that's got to be one of the most incredible upsets in like what the majority of people expected to happen and what happened right i think even, that even like on his side right like even on the of course on, yeah, yeah yeah of course just, he himself has said just like there's covers like he had no he did not expect to win right it's like and that i think was uh it kind of broke my belief in my own logic and uh and yeah it that's a whole kind of worm. i think we can yeah, jump it's like into the whole post yeah post idea post truth like that even is a meme created by people who lost control of the narrative that used to be theirs right which yeah. is yeah we, we, we could go that's we could go way down the way down that rabbit hole but i think we let's, all agree that that was, a, that, was a, that was that was a milestone for yeah. sure <laughs> no no yeah well, let's okay. hit up jack yeah jack well blow? i was i was just going to ask I was just going to add to your point. You you mentioned the atheist thing, and I just wanted to add to that. So I've never been atheist. I don't. I don't. I've never called myself atheist. Um, I did grow up quite religious. So my family is obviously Muslim. 
um, Shia Muslims specifically, which is like the not as dominant sect. So it's like Sunnis and Shias. And so I kind of always had that of like, oh, ours is already a little bit different to even all my friends in school. They're mostly Sunni. So there was always this like, oh, they don't really get that part of me, whatever. And then over time, as you kind of learn more and you get older, you kind of like question things more, whatever. So long story short, yeah, I'm nowhere near as religious as I was, obviously. Um, but I, I never have called myself an atheist, but there is that rebellion in you, which is like, oh, well, this part was stupid and I don't agree with this part. And especially once you've been in it, right? Like it was even now, like my mum especially is like very religious. Um, and like, and so just there's these like fundamental differences, the way we see the world, which is for a lot of generational, like a lot of generations have that, right? Like you see things differently to your parents. They see it differently to their parents. But when they see the world as like, if my son doesn't believe what I believe, he's going to hell and I don't want him to go to hell because I love him. That like switched to me, like made me a lot more empathetic to them when I would speak to them about some of that stuff. And because before I'd be like, mom is, I don't agree with this part and I'm not sure about this part. And then we would just end up arguing. And now it's more like, okay, I respect what you believe. And I know like if I was you, I'd think the same. And I would be worried about my son burning in hell. You know what I mean? So th that gives you a bit of a perspective of that. That was something that changed for me. And it comes back to your point, trying around, like kind of respecting religion in a way. Yeah. But whereas for a while, you kind of disrespect it almost. And then coming back full circle to say, even if I don't believe every single part of this, whether it's Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, Judaism, whatever, there are these ancient stories that we all live. And, and actually, like, Jordan Pearson has a whole, like, lecture series on, Yeah, he's know, really, really repopularized uh, yeah, the yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it, honestly, for me personally, came from watching some of those. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about this archetype that we have in every story and in the Disney princess movie and in Star Wars. And we are all grown up with these characters that have come from, whether that's Christianity or, for me, a lot of stuff from Islam as well. So I think more, it's given me like a lens to look at the world and say, and actually a guy I had on the pod, Ryan Beagleman, great dude. He started Summit Series, if you guys know that. Mm, he's uh, like a really team, yeah. smart, fun, uh, interesting guy. And I, I had lunch with him um, and, he, and we were talking about religion. This came up and he was basically talking about like the tapping into some of those old kind of like things I learned growing up. And, and it's like, even if you don't believe it, like there's a power in like this ancient, stories that you've learned and a lot of people now are seeking that right like they're going to yoga and they're going doing meditation whatever and and he kind of reframed in my head that i had like you know 18 years of learning about spirituality from a completely different lens that most people don't actually know about here and that and i remember like taking something from them and be like oh that's actually really cool like even if i don't fully believe xyz like what if that story was real how would i behave in this moment or uh, what about like we talk about mindfulness there's another there's a, a musician called Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan who's like growing up that was I mean in, in any any Indian or Pakistan listen to this will probably know him um, one of the most famous musicians who does Kuali but it's basically like spiritual music and like now I can listen to that and tap into this trance and I didn't have that for many years until I like kind of reframed it because to me I, I had positioned it oh, as this religious thing whereas now I'm like oh it's just kind of like a spiritual call 
like vibe you know what i mean and um, and i can take that energy that i want from it so i'm now i think in this stage of my life of looked at that and other religions and seen like oh there's actually some beauty in them and all the criticisms that we all have of like causing wars and people arguing about stuff those are all valid too but they can be both coexist sort of thing uh so yeah i just wanted to add that to trunk's point because I, I kind of feel very similar to it um it's, yeah go for it jack it's basically the midwit curve boys this yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's literally it. That's literally it. That's the perfect and when you're name stuck for it. in the middle, just like this is not real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great way to put it. Uh, yeah. Jack, did you grow up religious at all, by the way? Church of England? No, what, no, well, technically, but not like practicing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was yeah. christened, yeah, and like, yeah, go got to it. like Christmas and yeah, but nothing like not a big part of my life at all. My grandparents, a little bit more. Than my parents and their grandparents, you know, just yeah. I think that's true of demographics in the UK, right? Yeah, it's just sort completely. Of yeah, tailing off. Though it's interesting because it, isn't there like a resurgence of like Gen Z becoming like oh, there's mate. a segment of Gen Z becoming religious again? You know, like they've got the Bieber Church and all that stuff. Another popping plug off. for um, my sister-in-law wrote a piece on this. Uh, I'm gonna forget the details, but you guys see that story of like the lock-in at the church on some university no, campus. No, I didn't. No, what I happened? Have to, happened? I, have to, I have to look it up. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. Go and pull uh, it but, but, but anyway, it feels like pendulum swinging, right? It's like culture and all of these devices, stories, narratives, cultures are like products of consensus more globally. Right or more like, in a more macro sense, it's like we all believe that we should con conduct ourselves this way, and these principles and this way of life has has been net positive for a group of people for a certain amount of time. That's the only way it stays a thing, right? It's like it has to survive. The narrative has to survive by like benefiting people over a period of time more than it doesn't, and then feels like they just swing back and forth and i can see that happening like we're we're um we have no macro view on this at all right like you you just assume like the trend that is occurring within your lifetime is the trend and in many cases that's not true right these things these things and ebb also and flow by location and age amounts like of time yeah and like, if you just think, majority of the world probably is still more religious than not, right? Most I would imagine, of the world yeah. is believes in a god or some form of higher power, and it's like that. I remember, like you were saying, like when you're 21, you're like, oh well, that's like you know, we're in the West, we're like the people with all the science, and we've gone to yeah, all these... Ricky Gervais is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ricky Gervais is funny. <laughs> uh, things you change your mind. Ricky though, is funny. Ricky is oh, funny is though. Oh, he is, man. Like I was like, he's the best. If anything, Ricky Gervais was like a religious figure to me when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah. I'm watching The Office on repeat fucking a hundred times a week. Yeah. I'm like memorizing every line of that. The church of like, the office. It's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's the hymn. Uh, yeah. You're just repeating it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's an interesting one. I, I didn't think we were going to take it there, boys, but yeah, we did it here. So uh, Mate, uh, anything else from you, Tron, on that, that one before we cut it out? What did Jack want to finish off with this idea? I got nothing else what I changed my mind on. Yeah, if yeah. anything comes to mind. 
Uh, one thing that comes to mind, I think, is like the intensity of like. There's this one tweet. This is going to be a, a left field plug, and if like the the overwhelming like uh like over optimization of habits and things of that nature right like that's that that really has become a part of culture especially like the areas of the internet that we hang out on right it's like there was this moment in time, i think covid was a huge rocket ship for that too is like people just and this is like fairly closely linked to what we were just talking about like routine like community that 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 religions often provide like habits provide structure things that people wake up and be like this is what i need to do to like stay on top of my situation and uh i know i oscillate between these things like some periods of my life i'm like i need to get like super dialed in and be like i need to do this every day this is the structure of the day ding 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 and then other times i'm like completely abandon that where it's like and sometimes I do my best work in those moments yeah. where I'm like, don't have these rigorous boundaries. Oh, I can imagine, especially for creative stuff. Yeah, it's like if you're like, I'm going to sit down and write, and this is two schools of thought on this, right? Like some people are like, plumber, yeah. you don't get a plumber's block, you sit down and write. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's funny. I, and I think that's great for it. Like it's great framing for anybody struggling with it, but there's also like just like the, just the example of this last two months for me where I was like I was so out of like literally routine did not exist because it's like uh, you know you're, you're like just thrown into a really like a new chaotic situation and uh, yeah just what is it moderation in all things including moderation maybe we end yeah, on that yeah, one yeah 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 that's the perfect one that's a good one as well that's a great all one right. boys this I feel we've been here for a, a marathon session here today so yeah I hope you guys enjoyed that I've really enjoyed that last bit, man. Um, this 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 style episode, I definitely think is like conducive to having good discussions and bringing up stuff we weren't expecting, which I think is what makes podcasts interesting. So yeah, let us know if you found this one interesting or fun, what you liked, didn't like. We're, we're always experimenting. So let us know in the comments on YouTube or in Telegram uh, or Twitter. And uh, anything else before, before we call it a day? No, like that's I said great, before, man. I think... We measure the success of this based on whether or not it gets clipped and, yeah. and suggested that there we, go. Yeah, we ban the... podcasts. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Nah, Anyways, thanks, thanks, everyone, for listening. We, we definitely uh, Yeah, this has been a fun one. Um, all right, thanks again for being there. We, we'll see you guys next week. Cheers.